1: Podcast. I am BJ back here with my guy, Drew Mahold, and today we've got a flurry of things to talk about, but there is one major transaction in Vikings territory that stands out. That, of course, is Xavier Rhodes being related. Really, I'm just kidding. That is the <laughs> Stefan Diggs trade to the Buffalo Bills. We will be spending an ample amount of time breaking that down today, talking about the benefits, the Things that you're probably concerned about, and of course, we'll get into the nitty-gritty of where all this falls and how this will affect the Vikings coming next season and into the future. Um, There's also a bunch of other stuff that has gone on that would typically be headliners on the show uh, that we will also have a analysis and reaction for. Kirk Cousins' extension, CJ Ham coming back on a $12 million contract, which is pretty nice for a fullback. Um, Well, we will talk about Xavier Rhodes and Linville Joseph's release. Trey Waynes is officially gone as of this recording. It happened, like, what, 20 minutes ago or something like that? Mm -hmm. And Stephen Weatherly, backup defensive end, is also gone. So we'll try to cover as much of that as possible within 60 minutes. And if anything else pops up uh, while we're recording the show, we'll cover that too. But first and foremost, and the meat of this show, let's jump right into it here with this Stefan Diggs trait. So, wide receiver and... for what it's worth, has become a fairly polarizing figure in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Stefan Diggs has officially been traded to the Buffalo Bills. Do you want to give me the schematics on that deal, and what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, to outline the deal, Vikings gave up Diggs, and I believe a 7th round pick this year, and got in return a 1st round pick, 5th, 6th, all this year, and then the 4th in 2021 and that first round pick uh, is 22nd overall uh so the vikings are now at 22 and 25 uh currently for the 2020 nfl draft um <clears throat> a little i'm i'm pleasantly surprised with the value that the vikings got out of digs especially given what houston got out of deandre hopkins <laughs> yesterday again um,
1: something we would talk about if the vikings hadn't done everything
0: right in- right that the most insane thing I've ever seen. That is the worst trade I have seen in my lifetime. Yes. The other one I can think of that might be worse is Herschel Walker, but we won't talk about that right, right now. Uh, so digs it's it, from my understanding and what I've seen and, and whatever that this came up and moved very quickly. Like the negotiations started that he wasn't even being shopped. Like when Spielman had said all along, like we're not trading digs, I th- believe he meant it. Um, and based on, you know, if you look at context clues and, and read around, Diggs seemingly was upset about the Kirk Cousins extension. And right. then voiced his displeasure to the team and said, all right, I want out. This There's no more no more excuses now. That, that was it. Like, that's the last straw with this team. Um, so, you know, when we, we've been doing this Diggs translator on the tweets and whatnot, and we've been kind of shoving off this idea that he's upset and wants out, uh, It sounds like it was probably true, and we were maybe not reading into it as much as we should have. Uh, which is so, shocking, by the right, way. Right. It, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. But, I mean, part of me is thinking you trading a bona fide stud receiver, top 10 in the league, yep. you know, can do yep. everything. He's not just a deep ball threat, which is what many fans might think after watching this season. But, right. a crisp route runner, potentially the best in the league. Trading him, uh, especially when you had just extended your quarterback, you know, you look at that, it just makes no sense, right? And you but, had
1: uh, just extended him as well, by the way. Right. Diggs was also <laughs> – I think that was last like,
0: year. Oh, that was last year, year. Right? yeah. Yeah, so looking at those two things, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense um, trading. Doesn't. it Right, but from the other perspective, if he is simply not going to play for the Vikings and he's not going to – um suit up even or he's going to hold out or something like that before he's traded pull like an antonio i mean i'm not trying to compare his personality to antonio brown but i'm saying like if that's what was going to happen do that
1: type of thing yes right yes
0: it's possible that that is what would happen then you have to trade him now get what you can out of it right so um the value uh, for back for him a first round pick and a bunch of mid-round mid to late rounders uh that's a little higher than i expected I, don't, I still don't think it quite equates to what Diggs is actually worth. I think he's undervalued throughout the league and by really everybody that watches the NFL in general. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it kind of puts the Vikings in a weird spot because now they kind of are in rebuild mode, but they're not because of the Kirk extension. So it's just it really messed up the Vikings' offseason plan, and it's going to be a huge task for Rick and the front office to adapt to that because I think they had a plan in mind. To kind of keep this team as a contender, right? Uh, moving forward in 2020 and the next couple of years with that Kirk extension, and now they're kind of forced to maybe change things up with this Diggs trade.
1: Okay, so let's look at the timeline a little bit here before I give you my thoughts on the entire situation. Let's look at the timeline. So was it was it week two that we got the explosion on the sidelines?
0: Week two or week three or week something three. like that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, we got the explosion on the sidelines that um, at the time just appeared. So the Stefan the Diggs fan in me and the Stefan Diggs fan in many of you used, said that that was passion, right? Um, not, like a, not an actual problem for the organization, just a matter of a guy who is you know, very passionate, also very, very competitive at his position, um, simply expressing his concern with the way the Vikings were playing. And f- I think all of us can agree that when we were sitting on our couches, we were also voicing our displeasure about how the Vikings were playing that day. So I personally didn't have a problem with that. Now you go a little bit further along, and you see the fact that he's missing practice and he gets fined by the team. I think that right there is a major, major benchmark in this entire saga. Probably. Because the, Probably. the Vikings, f- so you know, the Vikings don't have to fine him there. That's not a requirement. Like, if you miss practice, okay, the team has to fine you X amount of money. That's a, that's a chosen move. That's a decision that's made by upper management, and it's signed off on by the Wilfs. So this went all the way up. And they decided that they were going to find their star wide receiver. Which, again, at the time, I agreed with the Vikings move. I thought that Stephon Diggs was being a little bit pouty. But I thought that the the discipline kind of met the crime. If you're going to skip work in the NFL, that's, how, that's what happens. So I didn't really think a whole lot of it. Okay? Now we keep moving forward here. We've seen a couple of more shouting matches on the sideline. We've seen Adam Thielen voices displeasure with Kirk Cousins on the sideline. Again, we amount that to being a highly competitive player who plays a very important role in the offense not getting the ball enough. We can we all use these excuses. And honestly, I still think a lot of those excuses are fair. They but are. I, I, right. And I agree. and I think that the points that we were making, I don't think that Stefan Diggs is a problem child. I don't think that he is, you know, Antonio Brown. I do think that he's being a little dramatic and that he has been a little bit dramatic throughout his career, but that's, that's also
0: part of who he is. That's right. who he is.
1: That's that's his makeup. We've known that, like, I've known that since he was drafted, since he was in Maryland, I knew that this was his mental makeup. It's the type of player you're going to get. He's a bit of a drama queen. He's a little flashy. I mean, everyone in the 96 questions episode. Uh, do you remember what I'm talking about when they were talking yeah, yeah. about, like, who wouldn't you want to date your sister? They were talking about <laughs> – Steph- they were saying yep. Stephon Diggs. Everybody said Diggs. Diggs. right? Because this is his personality. This is who he is. He's kind of a drama queen. He's a flash-in-the-pan type of guy. Um, he's very – you know, he loves his – you know, he looks like he's, he's the Russell Westbrook of football, basically, is what he is, in, in my opinion. He's got that type of personality. He's got that – the clothing and all the kind of the – he's an enigma. That's who Stephon Diggs is. And apparently, that personality conflicts very, very hard with not everyone on this team. Probably not even Mike Zimmer, but specifically Kirk Cousins, which has apparently popped up more times throughout the last, you know, five months than we can even imagine. I think because he was initially excited about Kirk Cousins coming, and there was nothing that happened the first year with Cousins when the Vikings weren't, you know, as good as I think a lot of us would have hoped. Something happened. Something, fl- something flipped because mm-hmm. Cousins was able to get Diggs the ball. I mean, the guy had over 1,000 yards again last well, year.
0: And the, the devil's advocate me on siding with Diggs here is that he still is right about wanting the ball more, yes. right? Oh, yes. He was used this year in 2019 as a deep threat, and pretty much that's it as a deep threat. Once in a while, give him an underneath route. Uh, but. Uh, that's why a large reason of why his you know yards per reception was so high, and I think number two in the league. Uh, they kept using him as only a deep threat, and that's not what he is. Um, he needs the ball more often. He's uh, he can function both underneath, uh, intermediate, and deep. He again, he I don't know if you've seen Nicholson on Twitter and the the clips that he's put together over the past few months. Basically, at Dur- it's like his creating, brand it's creating like a Nick's campaign brand. of why you know Diggs would be, it would be dumb to trade him and he it's clear he's a top 10 receiver, top 5 or better route runner in the NFL. And so and he needs the ball in his hands to have success. Right, pers- from that perspective to be taking advantage of that talent, you need to get him the ball and I think it's not it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that there are times when a he could have been used more often, could have been schemed up more often and b there were situations in the game where Kirk maybe ignored him. When that wasn't uh, the right call. and that's and again, Diggs is a guy where if he's if he is covered, perhaps and the cornerback is able to stay on him, he's still one of the best contested catch players uh, as at the receiver position in football. So and Kirk has had a bit of a, a problem in getting the ball to guys that are covered like that. like that's not his tendency. He wants guys right. to be open and to confidently throw him the ball. So it, it from that perspective, you can see where it might not be a fit, but again, thing for Diggs now is that he's going to buffalo where josh allen can't hit anything uh you can't hit the ocean thank you so that's the thing here like if you're going to demand a trade like Diggs did or clearly wanted out whatever there is that risk especially with kirk being probably an above average quarterback throws a deep ball really well the risk is you're going to have a guy that's not as good as kirk and i think that's what you're probably going to get with josh allen
1: oh he's going to learn (laughs) stefan Diggs is going to learn he's going to find which for what it's worth, it kind of makes me think, and this might not be fair, but I, it kind of makes me think that this wasn't an issue with performance. This was an issue with personality. Like, Kirk Cousins and Stephon Diggs do not mesh as two human beings. That's probably, that are I Indian-
0: mean, it, based on, again, we're, I, I don't know either one of them personally, but the personalities that they show us in press right. conferences, whatever public appearances, whatever it is, it's like, they are very, very different people. Right. Like Kirk is oh, kind goodness. of He's completely he's different. is reserved, reserved, says all the right things, very pleasant, very you know, he's easy to root for. But like Diggs, in their hand, like you said, uh very much a, a flashy person, kind of likes having the attention on him, right? Yes. Uh So that's a lot of that's kind of how a lot of receivers are, anyway. But it, to his point, I, I think he's right in that he should have had more chances this year to get the ball. He should have been nearing a hundred. Receptions, yes. right? I think he yes. had something in the 60s or something like that. So um, he should have had the opportunity to get that many catches, and it probably would have made a nice difference for the Vikings in terms of their offense. But you know, it's it, it's it's I, I it's still weird wrapping my head around it because this I'm still grasping with the fact that the Minneapolis he's a fixture Miracle of this team. Yeah, he's, right, he's a fixture this of this team. The face of the franchise, and he has been for the last couple of years, especially with the Minneapolis Miracle. Like, and now he's gone, and now. The other ramification, too, is the Vikings receiving core is perhaps the worst in the league now.
1: That's another thing that we're going to have to get into down the line here. But I want to jump into going off of this now. Knowing what we do about this situation, I think both of us can agree that Stephon Diggs had a very fair gripe here, right? And there's a reason why he was upset. We're okay with that. Now, the Vikings ultimately, and this kind of bleeds into our, our next topic, and most honestly, most of this will bleed in together. But the Vikings made the decision to extend Kirk Cousins, right? They gave him about what sixty-six million dollars more on top of the thirty million that he was making this year yeah. for a total deal of three years, ninety-six mil over the next three years. Yeah. So
0: his his cap hit just to break it all down, cap hit this year goes to, actually dropped to twenty-one. Uh, right. To create more space, right. I think it's ten million less. But then it's up to I think thirty one or 35 next year and then 45 in 2022 but the Vikings can get out of that 2022 season right and that's also not fully guaranteed which is very right. important here yep. too yep. For, yep.
1: especially for contractual reasons moving forward now the question that I have off of kind of these conflicting pieces of information that have come out over the last 48 hours here did the Vikings make the right decision? Was were they right to put their eggs in the Kirk Cousins basket, or should they have gotten rid of? If this truly is Kirk Cousins versus Stephon Diggs, that's ultimately well, what changed the right. whole dynamic here. Should they have let? Should they have found a way out of Kirk Cousins, or did they make the right move, getting rid of Stephon Diggs? Well,
0: in hindsight, it's not because you're sacrificing a top ten receiver in the NFL, one of the most impactful players on offense, in my opinion, if used correctly.
1: Where would you draft <laughs> Stephon Diggs in this draft, like? for his value oh, like he's, he's, for for yeah
0: one of the he's the, the best top receiver five pick right he's me. a top five yeah. pick yeah okay yeah. yeah and that's what's saying I mean this receiver class is absolutely loaded right mm-hmm. um, I mean, he's going to be first round talents taken in the bottom of the second or perhaps third round but this guy has clearly proven himself right and he you know has he's made the best corners in the NFL look silly like it's yes he's, he's a stud and he's proven that on the field over and over so And in hindsight, yes, it was foolish to go extend Kirk. But I think, to me, now, I don't know all the information. I don't know who knew what at the time. But to me, it appears as if the Vikings were a little bit blindsided by exactly how frustrated Diggs was. And so, that I don't think they expected Diggs to be this upset with the extension, and thus, we're not expecting Diggs to sort of ask out and demand out of the team basically right after that was announced. So... Uh, it was tough. It's tough for the front office to like, you know, not extend Kirk at that time. Right. Um, But, and it turns out they're already kind of on the raw end of that deal. And so they're going to have to make a bunch of adjustments here and adapt and um, hopefully get what they can out of the next two years of Kirk cousins, potentially three years.
1: Yeah. So for me, I think that the Viking and and I know that a lot of you're going to hate me for this, but I think that they did make the right move because you're, despite the fact that you have to get rid of a top 10 receiver, a player that I like, I personally, subjectively speaking, I really, really like Stefan Dix. I'm a huge fan of watching him play. I I find him wildly entertaining on social media, despite what some of you think out there about him, kind of like the boomer mentality. But I'm a huge fan of everything that encompasses his player. But ultimately, to me, QB security is more important. And I don't see anyone in the Vikings' range... That, you're all, that you can quickly replace with Kirk Cousins. Like, some of you out there are thinking, like, oh, let's get – okay, we should have gotten rid of Kirk. Okay, now what? Who's going to be your quarterback next year? Some of you are going to be like, oh, okay, let's take the – give me the Oregon kid for a year. If he doesn't work out, we'll draft top, draft top five next year, and maybe we'll get Trevor Lawrence. Guys, it doesn't work that way. Like, if, you, if you're operating with money in your hand, like Rob Brzezinski and Rick Spielman are, well, like, but they're working with the Wilfs' money here, trying to come up with a roster that's going to make sense. They're trying to find a way to remain consistent. And what's more important to the Vikings' success? I know Stephon Diggs is very, very important. I understand that. But the Vikings won more because of Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins last year than Stephon Diggs. Part of that is usage. Part of that is game planning. But ultimately, they made the playoffs and won a game in the playoffs last year with Stephon Diggs playing less than I think a lot of us would have hoped. So who's the more important player for the franchise moving forward? It's probably Kirk Cousins. At the same time, you're getting rid of this player who is in his prime. He's 26 years old. He's got at least three more great years, probably. And knowing his work ethic the way that I think I do, he's probably got ten more great, good years in him. He's got an Anquan Bolden-type feel to him, in my opinion. If he doesn't go completely wild and God knows what else. Like, we've seen some of these wide receivers, not just Antonio Brown, but other guys, too. Um, kind of the diva type players we've seen this is this isn't new right we got rid of Randy Moss in this prime too for Diva's tough too like this isn't new in Minnesota it's ultimately extremely disappointing and i think a lot of us would agree that we'd rather we'd like to have Randy Moss back if we could get rid of Childress or you know before <laughs> that if we could get rid of Denny whoever the hell Tice, whoever you want to get rid of to keep the guy i think we would all do that but you look at the situation here from an objective standpoint and you say, okay, this quarterback is helping us win games like no quarterback not named Brett Favre has in the last 15 years. And this is what quarterbacks are paid. This is what you have to pay them no matter how, you know, borderline average they are. This is the situation the Vikings are in. I think ultimately this comes down to you pick the position over the other position. You pick the quarterback over the wide receiver, and you hope for the best in a stacked wide receiver
0: class. See, the issue I have with that is that – the there's still a year left on Kirk's deal, right? Right. So he can play out twenty twenty and you can see where things go from there. And so I think that I think where is where the the issue came up with Diggs, is that he was fine with twenty twenty going through with Kirk, seeing how that worked out. And maybe, you know, maybe they explode and the the three of them between Deal and Diggs and Kirk just put up these insane numbers. Vikings win thirteen games become this superstar offense right um, it, it certainly is a possibility there's firepower there I think if used correctly if uh, maybe that Kubiak scheme just takes off whatever right. the case is um, but on the flip side I think there is the potential and was the potential for that to go completely south as well and in that scenario let's say the Vikings go 7-9 and nine with Diggs dealing both there um, you know there's an injury or something or clearly the scheme just doesn't work with Kubiak running it whatever the case may be then you can get out of that with Kirk, right? And see what the 2021 draft class has for quarterbacks. You know, it's, I I think it's premature now to do that. And again, if that were to come up, then his, obviously his extension would be more expensive. I get that. Um, But I think in hindsight, it's a lot easier to say that knowing now how Diggs kind of, okay, the extension was the last draw for him, but it's. But we
1: truly won't know what hindsight is for Kirk cousins for three years now. We ultimately won't know if this decision, right. right? I mean, let me push a scenario out to you guys here. So let's say the Vikings, they we got three more years of Kirk Cubs now. Definitively, that's happening. He's not going anywhere. There's no Kyle Shan, Shanahan way of like kind of finding a way out of here. He's the quarterback of the future. That's what's happening for the Vikings. You have to, you know, if you're a Vikings fan, you have to deal with that. That's how that's going to be. But let's say they do get a wide receiver in this stacked bunch here. Let's say they get someone of quality. Let's say, get, let, let's say they find a way into Henry Ruggs at 22 overall, Okay, and that's how they replace Stephon Diggs straight up. You match him up with Adam Thielen, the Vikings find success over the next couple of years. Just because it's the Vikings, I'm not going to hand them a Super Bowl, but let's say they get to the NFC Championship sometime in the next three years. So we look back at this trade and think it worked out. We picked the right side. Because ultimately, I think a lot of people are making too many decisions too soon about what this trade truly means. Like, I'm disappointed too. I hate the fact that Stephon Diggs is no longer wearing 14 in purple. That sucks. I'm with you guys on that. In terms of the future of this team, I don't think it's been completely destroyed by this move because the last time the Vikings traded a disgruntled wide receiver for a first-round pick, it turned into Xavier Rhodes. So, that's my kind of... The way that you want to retool this here... I mean, if they just straight-up draft a wide receiver with the 22nd overall pick, I don't care if it's CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy or whoever. He's not going to immediately step in and be as good as Stephon Diggs. It's not going to happen. We lost there, okay? But for the foreseeable future here, you've got some pretty good assets with this trade. you got, you know, you got a first-round pick that's higher than your current one, which you could theoretically package and turn into even more picks, knowing Rick Spielman. Or you could go out and get a defensive player to replace one of these many spots that have just been vacated by Wayne's leaving, Lindvall and Rhodes both being released. You can retool the defense with these pieces, which is kind of what I feel like Zimmer is going to do, if we're being you know, very honest here. Ultimately, I think that we're we're jumping to conclusions too soon, except for the conclusion that Stephon Diggs is in purple. Isn't in purple? and That sucks. That part definitely sucks. I'm with you for sure. But everything else, I think that we got to wait to get a sample size here, see what this Minnesota Vikings team is going to look like without him in purple, because honestly, they didn't use him right last year. Anyways, how much are they truly losing? If you can find a complimentary piece that won't get Adam Thielen double covered on every single play. That's my well, question. Yeah.
0: That's the, that's another issue too, is, you know, historically Thielen's production has dropped significantly right. in those games. Where I'm cases. scared of that
1: too. Yes. So
0: Uh, Another thing to look at, too, this is just another perspective I kind of thought of on the fly here, but, you know, say the Vikings would have played out 2020 and then moved on from Kirk and they bring in a quarterback via draft or free agency, whatever. What are the chances, looking at it this way, that Diggs and this quarterback gel? You know, it could have been another scenario where Diggs doesn't get along with this quarterback either. And so that's another scenario to think about. I don't know. Again, you said it could be personality. It could be performance. We don't know what behind the scenes we have or no what really idea. Diggs we have is no idea. thinking about. So uh, it's just, um, it sucks because trading him is like, was basically the one thing I wanted, or not trading him was the one thing that I wanted out of this offseason. Like, do not trade Diggs. That's all you have to do.
1: Yeah.
0: And I would have been satisfied with the offseason because I think he's a game breaker and I think he can, when used correctly, completely change the, the outcome of a football game. So. Um, the fact that he's gone sucks, but again, if if I I don't know all the information, but if he was truly set on you know not playing for the Vikings this year, was going to hold out, was going to cause all that drama, and the Vikings weren't going to get anything out of him anyway, then it's good to get him you know moved on, move forward with your with your offseason plan, so you can again um, so you can adjust your offseason plan here in free agency accordingly, and then you can get your first round pick all your slew of mid to late round picks behind that. And, uh, you know, you can move on. And, you know, and then Diggs can also kind of move on with his career as well. So
1: to me, this this move as a whole, while I'm not a fan, it does feel Belichickian to me. and I And I say that in the sense that Bill Belichick has always been, and you guys have heard this before, I'm not coming up with some new theory here, That Belichick has always been the type of guy to get rid of a guy one year too early as opposed to one year too late. And the more I hear you talk about this and share your perspective, and the more that I've seen people on Twitter and whatnot, it feels like this is a move to get out of something before it becomes, you know, burn down the house situation. And again, I've never thought of Stefan Diggs as the type of guy who would create such ridiculous drama that it would genuinely affect the team. But if that's, what, if that's what's going on, then you have to get rid of him. I don't care how much you like him. I, I don't care how good he is. If he's that much of a problem to your operation, you have to get rid of him, and we need to just kind of settle in and accept that that's the reality here. Because it seems like that's kind of the reality that the Vikings were trying to avoid. Trying to get out in front like they did with Percy Harvin. That worked out pretty well for them. I remember everyone was pissed when we got rid of Percy Harvin. Everyone on this planet was pissed, and it was the right move. Looking back, in hindsight, at the time, any time period you want to look at, that was the right move to get rid of Percy Harvin for the compensation the Vikings received. The Vikings received better compensation for Stephon Diggs, and they sent him to a situation where, to me, like Ben Lieber said on his uh, one of his programs that he was on the radio for, they sent him off to Antarctica. They put, him in, they put him in Buffalo. They sent him to a place. It feels kind of like the Vikings were being a little bit vindictive with that move. It does – I know the Bills were searching for a wide receiver. It does still seem a little bit vindictive given the situation. And if it is what – you know, if Diggs was complaining about quarterback performance, as you said before, he's going to have a lot of real complaints now, which leads me to believe that this was a matter of he doesn't believe the quarterback should be paid that much money for his performance, which is part one, or B – He doesn't like the quarterback on a personal level and they just don't click and it's just not going to happen. B, I think he could click with Josh Allen because Josh Allen is hilarious and one of the most likable people in the NFL. I think that could work. Their personalities could match each other. In terms of performance, he's going to learn about getting missed wide open very soon next year because he's got about the same stature as John uh, John Brown and Josh Allen was airmailing him nonstop last season – it was. It, it, there was nothing you could do to fix that situation. This is not the big-body target that you'd like to see for a guy like Josh Allen who misses high. That's not who Stephon Diggs is. Now, if the ball is in his vicinity, is he going to catch it? Yes, he will. It's a matter of is the ball going to get into his general vicinity. And I don't think that's going to happen unless Josh Allen takes some major steps, steps forward this year.
0: And so, one thing to consider, too, is that the Vikings are paying nine mil of Diggs' salary. Which is the most annoying like part of this entire trade. Right. The, so Diggs is getting paid fourteen something mil this year. Vikings are paying nine mil of it. So Buffalo is basically getting Digs for the next four years for I think forty five mil or forty six mil or something like that, which is an absolute steal for a superstar receiver. So this is a good a great trade for Buffalo too. Like people are going to look at this and say that they gave up so much, but reality is they're probably going receiver in the first round of the draft, right. which right. is loaded with talent anyway. Um, so they're and, but you know, they're going to get a guy that they know is already a stud who knows how to beat NFL defensive backs. And so that's a win for Buffalo right there. Yes. And, uh, the problem now with the Vikings, we're never going to know if this works out, the Vikings offense, you know, levels off quite a bit or drops off in 2020. If, uh, Vikings don't make the playoffs in 2020 and people something like that this. Yeah. this trade will be one of the factors people point to. So, uh, I think it's very possible that the bills, like the thing is digs numbers might not be as good as last year with just because of the fact that Josh Allen's throwing the football. So from that perspective, people are going to say, Oh, this is a dumb trade. This isn't going to work out, whatever. Um, but if the Vikings are sitting at three and five, when that's being said, like then it's a lose for both teams or blues for the Vikings there. So it's, uh, it sucks. Uh, it, I did not want, again, I was very clear about not wanting Diggs to be traded. Right. Um, but I understand it if uh, he was very, very clear about the fact that he would not play for the Vikings. And under those circumstances, I would understand the trade and getting out ahead of it now versus taking the risk of trying to talk him off the ledge maybe and see what happens down the road. Uh, so I get it. And, I'm again, I'm actually, imp- like, surprised pleasantly by the compensation that they got for it.
1: Okay, so a couple conclusions we can draw here. The trade itself sucks because we lost – a very fun part of this organization, a very charismatic, um, interesting player that, like I think both of us can agree, has basically been the face of the franchise since what? Since Teddy Bridgewater? That's the Minneapolis up his knee. Miracle. At least since the Minneapolis Miracle, probably a little bit before that too. The other thing that we can all definitely agree on is that the Vikings did get very good compensation for him, especially considering the DeAndre Hopkins trade that happened before, in which they got David Johnson in a second round pick. So, compensation's good. So, good on Rick Spielman for that. Bad on Rick Spielman and the Vikings for not finding a way to make this thing work. Is there a is there ultimately something that kind of separates this that we can tell right now from this trade? Is there one is a is there a way to push this one way or the other? Cuz right now, this just seems like a very like smooth deal. Buffalo gets its wide receiver, the Vikings get the draft compensation they need to sort of kind of rebuild some of these pieces here. And ultimately, the Vikings have to eat a small amount of cap. Well, relatively small amount of cap. And it is $9 million. Um, but ultimately, like, you have to feel fairly good about the trade, the objective trade itself. Without allowing your love for Stefan Diggs to bleed into it, you have to feel pretty good about this deal, the deal itself, right?
0: It, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, in the sense that, again, I think – digs was about worth the first round pick right because the cowboys were uh essentially nuts right for giving up a first round pick for amari cooper right um right. for the raiders and i would i would i would contend that digs is better than cooper so you get a little bit more for him mm-hmm. uh and that seems to make make sense so i mean I'm, i guess i'm satisfied in that sense uh i'm still just giving up a receiver like that right after uh extending your quarterback a couple of seasons is so backwards but we obviously know behind the scenes there was stuff going on that led to this this trade.
1: I will be very interested to hear, sometime down the road, whether it's in two months, two years, twenty years. I'll be very interested to hear what the true nail in the coffin was with this situation because, from it has everything, has to be
0: the extension. It has to be the Kirk extension. Yeah, but like, on why does digs, did... digs aside?
1: Yeah, but I, I I understand that that might be the final straw. Like that has been somewhat reported to a degree, right? Like credible people have said that this is the final. This has been the final straw. I want to know why. Like, why is that extension? Like, is it because? Is it this new wave of things where you know you saw a bunch of players re, um, getting pissed off that Tannehill got paid before Derrick Henry got tagged, for mm. example? Is this is is it that type of a situation where you're looking at the quarterback and saying he's making too much money? Or is this a thing where you say, I don't want this guy to be my quarterback for the foreseeable future. It was only supposed to be one year. So now it's three. I can't handle this anymore. I want to know what the nitty-gritty was, what the specific detail was about this extension that pushed Diggs over the edge. Because I'm looking at it as a fan, and I like Kirk Cousins, sort of, like as a human being.
0: <laughs> you didn't say that very confidently.
1: <laughs> I, I don't love Kirk Cousins, but he's been better than everyone other than Brett Favre in my you know lifetime, basically. That's that's honest to God. Like I haven't seen a quarter since Dante Culpepper is the last guy that really made me get up and confident for our quarterback situation. That's where I'm at. So I like Kirk Cousins in that way. And I love Stefan Diggs in every facet that I mentioned before, and that will continue during his career in Buffalo for what it's worth. I just don't see how a person who's 26 years old can get so pissed off about a contract extension. That he wants out. That to me does not seem like there's got to have been multiple, multiple, multiple straws that have been kind of building up within like this glass here. And then Vikings finally punched the last one. He was like, that's it. I'm done. Like, I'm gone. That just, to me, that's so minuscule unless you truly hate Kirk Cousins, the person, which I can understand. But as a fan, I like him as our quarterback. So, I just don't – I don't fully comprehend the situation. I can't wait to learn more about it when Diggs inevitably talks about it. So I suppose we'll see. And I'm sure this will be a topic topic and talking point that will be um, drawn out way too far during this offseason. I don't think this will be the last time we talk about it. But as a whole – Objectively speaking, it's a good quality deal for a disgruntled player that the Vikings apparently had to make. When we get new information, I'll have a new opinion. But as of right now, I'm sad just like all of you. Drew shares our sadness as well that he's gone. It's it's weird. I mean, I've, i still got his jersey hanging up in my closet. I'm not going to burn it. Don't be that guy. But ultimately, it, it just it sucks, but you got what you could get, and you did better than essentially any other team has done for an elite wide receiver in recent memory. That's where I am at. We'll see what happens when new information comes out, but that's that. So, I think we've already talked enough about the Kirk Cousins extension because that kind of bled into the situation. I'll just ask you one question on that front and then we'll move forward here to the Anthony Harris franchise type. Did the Vikings like are you happy with Kirk Cousins being your quarterback for you know, well, just two more years, three years total?
0: Um, I mean, I initially was I was very strongly for You know keeping the you know running out the 2020 season right like just letting that play out and see how it goes from there um Um, but i do like the way that this is structured because you know you drop 10 mil in this year and if they and i i mean as this is playing out the vikings are in sort of that win now like try and contend for the super bowl in 2020 uh so from that perspective and then the fact that they apparently can you know they can get out of this relatively easily out of that third season where that cap hit goes up to 45 mil. There's only 10 mil of dead money there. So you could, in theory, save 35 mil if you can get out of that last year. So, um, and the no trade clause was, uh, what waived. So that is now on there as well. So Ooh. there are, there is more flexibility there for the Vikings. And if they're able to fill the te- feel the team here this year with, you know, more free agency and in the draft that does contend uh, I think you can credit this new extension for Kirk to kind of providing from some more wiggle room there. But I will add that I still think ultimately for the, the best situation for the team moving forward would have been to just play out 2020 at 31 mil, see where the where, see where you know the the team's at, where Kirk is at, and if if they had made an improvement, they had won a playoff game or two, extend him then at a higher dollar value versus you know. At, and then the flip side, if they had tanked, missed the playoffs and you can move on from quarterback position. I like that idea better, but uh, the way that's structured with the new deal, it's not as bad as I would have imagined.
1: So I'm generally for this extension, although I do see your point, and I do – the way that contracts work in general is it's nice to have the leverage, and this ultimately gives a little bit more leverage to Kirk Cousins, whereas the, the team had the leverage going into the see, this right. season, having the opportunity to see how it played out. So from a fan perspective, and from the perspective that you want your team to be good every single year no matter what, and you're just completely irrational about that, I have that part of me too, I understand it. You look at this deal and you say, all right, this deal is going to be absolute trash if the Vikings go 6-10 and 10 this year. Which, looking at some of the releases, looking at a lot of the moving parts, looking at how things have changed in the division, a, they might not make the playoffs next yeah. year. The and this Bears deal... are
0: actually going to – it sounds like the Bears might have a quarterback this year. So – I mean, this could it's be possible that the Bears and the Packers going 0-4 against them could happen again.
1: Yeah. So this isn't this wasn't a need. So from that perspective, that's dumb. And the ramifications of this deal, the immediate ramifications, are not ideal either. But when you look back at what I just kind of ranted about before about quarterback stability, I understand why the Wilfs of all people wanted to get yeah. this done. As your ownership, you want to sell tickets. That's why,
0: that's why it's happened. That's why they brought in Kirk in the first place. Right. That's, you, that's exactly it. I think now I'm – this is a new perspective for me. Like I'm not near the business, uh, you know, expert on the situation. But to me it feels like having a team that contends for playoff spots year in, year out, is competitive, kind of has that Super Bowl uh, caliber roster maybe the Vikings have had recently. Right. And a quarterback that – can keep your team sort of on the radar year after year is more profitable to me, or maybe that's just the theory I have here, uh, then, you know, going, uh, full rebuild like every three years because you keep missing on quarterbacks. Right? right. So, and maybe one of those years you have a magical run to like 14 and two or something, but otherwise you're like five and 10, five and 11. Right. So that is why I think the Wilfs and they're just so, um, they're, they're so, you know, emphasizing that, point of QB stability and the fact that the Vikings have never had that, uh, basically in my uh, rooting, you know, history of this team. Right.
1: Right. So ultimately from that perspective, this is a good deal that keeps the Vikings competitive for three more years. Competitive, however, could mean seven and nine, 10 and six and a first round exit. I mean, we'll see how the Vikings put the rest of these pieces together here, but the Kirk Cousins extension was something that was either going to happen now or next year, and I'm with you that I think it would have been better to happen next year after seeing what this team can do with the pieces that have been lost right. and how they're going to replace them and all that. At the same time, you understand why the Vikings made this move. You understand it's probably about ticket sales to a degree. You can sell a lot of season tickets behind stability at quarterback. I'm sorry. That's just mm-hmm. just from the business acumen of this deal. That's, that's a good thing for Minnesota. The state of Minnesota, that's a good thing. In terms of winning long term... I mean, I'm as skeptical as you are, given what, is just, what, what has happened in the last couple of days and the shifting parts here. But ultimately, I think that you have to be somewhat happy with the fact, like a little bit above average. Like This is like a C-plus extension to me. Like, you get it done, it helps, it benefits the team, it's a little bit above average. But then you look at what's ha- what kind of the trickle-down effect here, and that just immediately, like, you can't even control it. It just inherently bothers you the way that things have shaped out since that tr- extension happened.
0: It's also I want to make a point about quarterback contracts in general. Every single time a quarterback is signed, he it, init- it, is, it is immediately looked at as some terrible deal because of the, the numbers are so high and all this stuff. But then in four years, you look back at it, and it's totally normal. So, like, that's not... I'm not worried about the numbers. I'm really not. Um, it's just a matter of, to me, I'm just... I don't want to be locked into a quarterback that maybe has reached his peak already for that many more years. You want to potentially get that guy who can take you over the top uh eventually here you want to take that chance and the vikings are kind of putting that off with this deal not not saying kirk will never take the vikings to the super bowl but it it seems like his peak may have been reached um the only i guess devil's advocate to that is that he did win that playoff game at new orleans so there's still a lot of question marks there he is in his 30s and you've seen a lot from him already and you kind of it's rarely do quarterbacks take that next step this late in their career
1: that's And that's unfortunately probably the truth. Um, The fact here, I guess the main takeaway is that fans don't really adjust for inflation when you're talking about um, the way the salary cap will continue to go up. So if you're worried about the numbers, don't worry about the numbers. That's the one thing to take away. If you're worried about Kirk Cousins, uh, I'm with you. I think I'm worried as well. I think Drew's probably worried too. I think this entire state is worried because we just put so much more on this guy's shoulders and we've seen him crumple under pressure time after time again in big situations with exception to Denver and New Orleans last year. So this is officially Kirk's team now. Uh, I hope that he's ready for it, and I hope that he's going to have some guys suiting up with him. One of those guys is Anthony Harris, who uh, the Vikings placed the franchise tag on him. I believe that's the first time since the Vikings— I want to say Chad Greenway in, like, Chad 2007 Greenway. or something like that was the last time. Am I right about that?
0: 2011, and then before that, it was the Jim Klein saucer. There you go. Okay. In 2003. So, But at the Harris thing, it sounds like it was a non-exclusive tag, so uh, there's still the very distinct possibility at this point that he is not a Viking next season uh, because it sounds like now, I mean, again, the Vikings are kind of weirdly in, like, rebuild mode, but not in rebuild mode, so.
1: The next few moves will define whether they're right. in rebuild mode or
0: in competitive yeah. mode. Yep. Yeah. So I think Harris, if he were to be traded and it sounds like, um, there is some possibilities out there. Teams are interested in a trade. So, uh, you know, he could be traded and this all could be for nothing. But, uh, the fact that they did take Harris, it sounds like they clearly want to keep that tandem of Harrison's Harris and Smith at safety there while they fish for new cornerbacks to replace Rhodes and Waynes and potentially, uh, McKenzie Alexander.
1: So, the Harris deal, he gets tagged at $11 million, which is, after seeing the Waynes deal, which, again, a lot of these topics kind of bleed into each other, I'm okay with paying Anthony Harris $11 million a year Cincinnati's going to pay Trey Waynes $14 million a year. All right, that's definitely the right move on the Vikings' part. If you look at those two moves next to each other, keeping Harris at 11 mil, and then, you know, if theoretically, if you extend that out and he ends up getting paid like a four-year $44 million deal, same average annual value, Give me that all day over, what what was it, a three-year, $42 million deal for Cincinnati? Yeah. For Trey Waynes. Waynes. Uh, That's definitely the right move, in my opinion, if the Vikings decide to retain Anthony Harris, uh, given what he can do for your defense versus what Trey Waynes has already done. I think Trey Waynes has peaked as a player. I don't expect him to get better with Cincinnati. Uh, He might make me eat my words. That has happened before. But I think that was the right move to let Trey Waynes go. And if that does allow you, if letting him go allows you to pay Anthony Harris the money that he needs to feel comfortable and allows you to keep that safety tandem together, as we've spoken about on this show and have spoken about in the past, that safety tandem is necessary for the development of your corners in the future here. It doesn't, it sounds like Mackenzie Alexander might be back. That's not in, you know, that has not been written in stone at this point, but if you're going to lose Rhodes, you've already lost Waynes. You're, there's still potential to lose Alexander. You need to keep that safety duo intact, in my opinion. Otherwise, you're a full rebuild on your defense, and that's a real problem for a Zimmer coach team. So mm. – I think that that tag, I think it's more likely probably that the Vikings ultimately do extend him, which you do have the opportunity to do. I think they have about a month or so to get a deal done before he's officially playing under that tag for the year, which will suck for him as a player, but it's good for us as fans because Anthony Harris is in Minnesota, keeping in mind, of course, that he's, what, 27 or 28 years old, and it's very unfair to him as a human being to not give him an extension here given the way he's played the last season and a half or so. So with all that on the table seems like Harris is going to be here. We'll probably have more updates on that situation next show. Trey Waynes, we, I briefed on it a little bit here. How do you feel about him officially being in Cincinnati and no longer with the Vikings?
0: Uh, at that price tag, that's fine by me. Uh, and he had, <laughs> some, he had some great moments for sure. Um, the Devontae my favorite, Adams interception? My, yeah, it's my favorite moment when they, uh, I think he iced that game against uh, the Packers, the first game at U.S. Bank Stadium. For sure the best moment of his career. Um and he did have some great moments i mean he uh clearly developed into something that maybe not quite up to the 11th overall pick sort of draft status but i think it's it's fair to call him maybe a a bottom of the first round type of value uh from the draft uh as a reliable starter for several years is not easy to come by at cornerback so uh you know he certainly uh played a, a solid role in the Vikings defense and how great it's been over the years. Um, but at that price tag, Vikings, a can't afford it. I mean, that's just too much money right. uh, for what the Vikings are dealing with right now. But also that just seems like a little bit too high of a price tag for somebody uh, for the caliber of Trey Wayne's at corner.
1: Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at too. Uh, I would love to have had Trey Wayne's back, not at $14 million per year. Uh, that's and Drew, everything else. Drew said is but essentially my analysis on the matter he just simply he had some great moments but that's who he was. That's who he was with the Vikings. He was a great individual moment player. I can pick I can pick out two or three of them outside of that Green Bay game. Ultimately, very inconsistent roller coaster type of a player. Vikings need to find consistency at cornerback if they're going to pay him 14 million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. That's so I'm not okay with that. Not okay with that decision. I'm, I'm definitely okay with the decision to let him walk at 14 million a year. I think Cincinnati's made a mistake by paying him that much money given the type of player that he is on, day, on a week-to-week basis. There are some weeks where he is absolutely worth that dollar. There are other weeks where he should not even be paid. So kind of it, it's a Cincinnati move. Uh, this is very Cincinnati of them. They're going to have Joe Burrow on a rookie contract for four years. They can afford to pay some of these guys more money than they're actually worth. It's an interesting situation. It's his opportunity to cash in here. Good for Trey Wayne. Honestly, I think it's good for the Vikings too, and that's where I stand in that situation. Um, CJ Ham also gets an extension. I don't think we need to talk a whole lot about that, but the dollar amount's interesting given the position. So we Right. Three that or... was just
0: the comment I was going to make. Is that it seems like you know an extension that long for a fullback is pretty you know it's old school. Yeah. It's, it's a bit counterintuitive, maybe. Maybe a little bit counterintuitive, maybe to. Um, what teams maybe are, are the forward thinking uh, mind football minds out there would maybe uh, suggest but I like CJ Ham a lot um, I got no qualms necessarily with the player at all or I, it's more of just a value to the fullback position type thing that is my my issue but again one thing to consider here is he can also play running back did it very re- very well at Augustana uh, so that's how he came into the league initially was as a running back so in that perspective he does have uh, versatility in terms of positions, if the Vikings were to have some sort of emergency at that running back spot. But again, I don't agree with that total value and, and giving a fullback that much, but very happy with CJ Ham because he's worked the hard way to, you know, a Division 2 player to come up and change positions, totally learn something completely new and find success with it and earn a Pro Bowl spot. That's not easy to do.
1: Yeah, it's it it's really just the figure to me that's bothersome about the C.J. Ham deal, and and really that's it's not. I don't care. Like I don't really care about how much money a guy's going to make as long as you're allowed to as long as you're able to fill out the rest of the roster and have it make sense, right? Be competitive. I don't think this deal hurts the Vikings' chances of being competitive. It's interesting to pay a, a fullback that much money, but if he's going to be a fixture in the offense moving forward here, I mean. Would you have a problem with San Francisco paying Kyle Juszczyk $4 million a year just because he's a fullback?
0: No. I mean, that's a little different. He's a bit of a receiver. Well, CJ Ham is too, I guess. I, if Kirk would say that he probably is, but a little bit different. <laughs> it's
1: definitely a different situation. I'm, I'm comparing apples and oranges to a degree, but my point that I'm making here is that you wouldn't pay a guy less just because of his positional value if he was a very important asset to the organization. And I think that CJM. CJ Ham has proven that he's very important to the success of Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins. So to me, this deal makes sense. It's just intriguing, and I look to, I look forward to seeing how involved he is in the Vikings' offense next season because of this dollar amount. Because if they're only going to play him for five snaps, which they have done in the past, this deal is not worth
0: it. It's stupid. Right. Just
1: put anyone else out there.
0: Well, that's it, the that's the argument. Like there are teams that don't even have fullbacks, you know, right. and so it's that from that perspective it's puzzling that you you give a guy you know four mil a year for three or four years or whatever it is um but again you know at the same time this is sort of the way for cj ham like looking at it from that perspective this is the way cj ham kind of had to make his own path to get a spot in the nfl and he's certainly taken advantage of that so he was a um, running back if you guys remember he was he was a running back coming out of augustana d2 um, and was on a practice squad, I believe, in 2015 or 16, and that's how he worked his way up. So that, that's super cool to see uh, from that perspective. But it's just, it's weird, it's weird and unusual to pay a fullback that much. So it's unusual. Uh, that's and exactly. And if he's super, if he's super involved, that's that's then it's worth it, you know, because who knows how much uh, eye formation or uh, strong eye, weak eye, whatever the case is that they'll be using. But um, I, it's it's interesting.
1: It's, it's interesting. It's unusual. It goes against the grain. I don't care what term you want to use. It's just straight up, it's different. That's what it is with this extension. But it couldn't have happened to a better guy. I mean, if you could put $12 million in C.J. Ham's pocket, I mean, you would. He's a really nice guy, and he's just extremely good for this locker room, extremely good for this organization. From that aspect, from the personal aspect, I mean, I love to see it. I love to see a guy that came from D2. Play as well as he did at a niche role, and earn earn his keep. I mean, the guy is set for life now. That's awesome. That's a great thing for a guy like C.J. Ham, who really truly rose to the ranks, a la Adam Thielen, or you know any other of the other those you know ridiculous success stories. So good for C.J. in that regard. Um, last couple topics here are a bit of a repeat of last year so or last week's episode. So I don't think there's too much to go through. Uh, Xavier Rhodes officially has been released by the Vikings. Um, there's no talk of him even coming back. Uh, we, if you want to catch up on our thoughts on that type of move, we basically went through it on the last on the last show. The, the other move though, releasing Linville Joseph, we were a little bit more like we were firmly in the bin of throwing Xavier Rhodes to the wolves. like we were ready to get rid of him. We had We went outlined every possible reason, and it all made sense. It all added up. Linville Joseph was a different story for us. We went between for you. yeah. For me, I guess I, we went we went between the idea of restructuring his contract or straight up releasing him. Ultimately, the Vikings made the decision to straight up release Linval Joseph instead of restructuring him. And in doing so, they what was the number like twenty four million dollars over the next couple of years?
0: Oh, it's thirty four. think because hit, he's getting over twelve mil each of the next three years on that deal, um, and they were able to get I think the total amount that he was due was like thirty seven, uh, but. it's they've saved 34 of that by releasing him now okay. or something like that. So, so did they, they save the right big portion of it. They did. I think they did. And, um, it, it, you know, it you could see the decline a little bit with Linval in 2019. Um, now, I'm not going to blame Linval for all of the sort of the way the Vikings lost some of those games this year, which was the running game and the rush defense with Seattle game and Aaron Jones twice and, right. uh, you know, the Chiefs game. Like, there was the run defense that seemed to be the problem there. I'm not going to blame that all on Linval. Certainly, he's not the only guy on the field, but it seemed like that push just wasn't quite there as it has been in the past. So, uh, and at that price, you just can't uh, you you can't you can't make it work. And so, I think it's the bike in the Vikings' best interest to look elsewhere for at nose tackle type player, and um, and probably in the draft, maybe find somebody in free agency here. But uh, that's I think the best move.
1: It's uh, it's Jaleel Johnson's time to shine now. Uh, I don't really see uh, with the current roster composition. I don't see any way around it. Like right now you are starting Jaleel Johnson week one. That's how it's going to be. Yeah. So he enters his third year, I believe, out of Iowa. So this is like this is the practical time period for him to really, you know, set fire to the NFL. Like this is this is his chance. This is his opportunity. The Vikings made these types of decisions in the past. Uh, It's we've seen them work out. We've seen them work out not so well. Ultimately, it is now the Julio Johnson show as a result of this release. It's, again, devastating given that we've all come to very much appreciate Limbo Joseph and his presence on the team. But objectively speaking, I think it's fair to say that saving $34 million over the next three years is probably the right move. And that brings us to our last transaction that involves the Minnesota Vikings, and that is Stephen Weatherly, who. Part of me actually believes that a lot of you have forgotten who he even is, given the rise of Effetti Odenigbo over the last year or so and a half. The Vikings are in a situation now at defensive end, which is interesting, because Everson Griffin, apparently, according to rumors and news and that types of thing, the Vikings and him are very far apart. So that leaves two defensive ends in the Vikings roster in Odenigbo and Daniel Hunter, and... Other than that, I mean, Weatherly is gone. That's official. He went out and got paid. Um, he got the money that, you know, I wouldn't say that. I don't. Looking at the deal, what was it, what was it ultimately? It was two years, eighteen million dollars, some of that for Weatherly.
0: Two for twelve point five or something. Two like for that.
1: twelve. Okay, so he's gonna make six million dollars a year. I, I i personally, I would I would rather take a flyer on a rookie than pay St- Stephen Weatherly that much money. At the same time. This kind of goes against what the Vikings have been doing with the draft and develop at defensive end and seeing how they've allowed guys to sort of rise through the ranks, allowing Weatherly to walk. Does this come back and bite the Vikings?
0: I mean, it could, given where how the Griffin thing's working out right now. Um, but, you know, I, I really like Odenebo. And obviously Hunter is a, is a superstar. So right. from that perspective, what you'd be getting back from Weatherly, if you were to keep him, would just be a rotational guy, which is kind of what he is anyway. So um, I'm not that upset about it. I don't think if there's some sort of injury to Odenabo and Hunter, knock on wood, that would be sort of a problem at this point. But as of now, I don't think it's a huge, huge right. issue.
1: Yeah, it's certainly a minor issue relative to the rest of what has gone on over the last 48 hours or so here. Um, That brings us to about an hour. So is there any final thoughts that you have regarding this situation, the digs trade, the free agency moves, things that you'd like to see happen for the Vikings over the next week before we talk again?
0: Yeah. Um, I just saw Nick Roby Coleman uh, is not being brought back by the Rams. That would be a nice pickup at cornerback, something the Vikings desperately need. Um, Otherwise it's kind of – we're getting to that mock draft season point where – it's probably time to look at receivers and cornerbacks in that first <laughs> first and second round. Um also Kibi Carousel is kind of nuts right now in the NFL. You got uh Philip Rivers to Indy, you have Teddy to Carolina, which is pretty cool.
1: I like that uh,
0: you have Mariota to Oakland, you have uh you know, Dak was franchise tagged, I guess. Um it's you have no news on Jameis Winston there. yet, which will be no. interesting because he shouldn't be a starting quarterback. Uh, Tom Brady it sounds like is heading to Tampa Bay. It's not official yet, but uh, it's it's kind of wild what everything that's happening there.
1: This is uh this is definitely something America needed with in terms of like news, like news that's fun, I suppose.
0: I mean, it, it, it's very NFL for things to just be continuing as normal in this <laughs> yeah. scenario with this the climate COVID. this climate right yeah that we've with got the coronavirus going, on going on it's very nfl for that to just continue like it's not impacting anything um but i do think you know the nfl is probably uh benefiting from the fact that it is the only sports event going on right now in america so.
1: single-handedly keeping espn employed right now yeah
0: imagine <laughs> what is going to be discussing without this oh yeah. man
1: i can't I, I don't even know anyways uh i'm sure we will have more free agency stuff to go over on the next episode uh, there are still particulars of these developments that are very new and uh things that will need to be digested and you know a lot of different things that can still happen here over the next week of free agency or so so i'm sure we'll be discussing that and then like drew said we'll start jumping into the draft stuff uh, moving forward last thing that i wanted to keep that i wanted to note real quick i believe the vikings do get a compensation pick for the trey waynes deal by the way because they do it's, third rounder it's a third rounder okay so that's something that's another benefit of allowing trey waynes to, rock, to walk if you told so that'll me be, right that'll now be in
0: 2021 but yeah that's that's nice
1: you still get that that's good news all right That's everything. We fit that into a flat 60. I feel good about that. Um, We'll continue talking about this stuff and more on the next show. You can always find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, I believe Spotify as well. Don't quote me on that one, though. YouTube, if you prefer to watch. Uh, if you're on the Daily Norseman, leave a comment on the bottom here. We always read those and enjoy those comments. Make sure to check out the rest of the Climbing in the Pocket team. I know they released a show on Tuesday morning, so you can check that one out about um, other analysis for stuff that has been going on in the last couple hours. And Drew and I will be back next week to break down even more madness for you. So, as always, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.